Hello, welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast. Uh, my name is Ian Cheeseman. We do this on a weekly basis, and obviously it's free to subscribe. So every subscription helps. And uh, it is all about Manchester City. It's all about English football, uh, this particular podcast. So if you just discovered us, thank you very much. Um, I will have with me at least two, if not three guests during the course of this podcast. And I will introduce them to you in just a second. But um, first of all, I just want to thank Howard Solicitors, who are based in Stockport, Ashton and Cheshire. They do all sorts of great work and they specialise in helping people who perhaps haven't got lots of money to spend on legal advice. So feel free to contact them. HowardSolicitors.com is the website. Law at HowardSolicitors.com is their email address. Or if you want to give them a call, 0161 872 9999. And I'm very much indebted to them for their support. Now, obviously, we're doing this podcast the day after City played Spurs in the Premier League and lost by a goal to nil. But also on the day that this big story is broken um, about the Premier League charging City with more than 100 breaches of its financial rules after a four-year investigation. Uh, these are charges that relate to 2009 to the 2017-18 season. We can't ignore what's happened but equally, I think it would be very unfair um, for us to go into lots of detail and to try to argue or discuss anyway the pros and cons of who's right and who's wrong. Now, I'm a City fan, a long-standing fan. I've been going home and away as a blue since the 1970s. Blimey, that makes me sound so old, doesn't it? But it's true. Um, I then became a journalist and worked for the BBC for... Uh, nearly a quarter of a century and was privileged to be able to commentate on radio, on City's games, home and away in Europe, um, even over in Abu Dhabi. And so I've been involved as a professional journalist, but also as a self-confessed lifelong fan um, all my life. And so I'm, I'm a dyed in the wool blue. So obviously um, I want to believe and hope to believe, and actually I'm quite confident that City will prove their innocence in this. Although there is one thing I would say, uh, that is that practically every club must try to circumnavigate as many rules as they can for competitive advantage. And there will be plenty of other clubs out there, plenty of other sporting uh, groups or whatever you want to call them, who will also be trying everything they can to take advantage of every situation. I mean, it's, it's like tax, isn't it? Um, people might not break tax rules, but they'll do everything to pay as little tax as they can. And that's a different argument. And City came into being as a major club, a major force, uh, when Sheikh Mansur took over the club and wanted to buy themselves a seat at the top table, if you like, and become you know, a, a one of the big players. And clearly, if you're already one of the big players, you don't want a new boy to come in it's like somebody winning the lottery and suddenly coming to your golf club and, uh, and with, with jeans on and a tatty T-shirt and saying, I want to be a member. And the old members say, oh, we can't be having people like you at our uh, golf club. Um, and, and it feels as if that's always been what it's about. You know, the FFP by UEFA was brought in to try and stop the new boys come to the party. UEFA failed. Um, City managed to you know, get what was a two-year UEFA Champions League ban thrown out. And uh, they also, you know, did 
everything they could to try to find City and eventually a £30 million fine was reduced to £10 million. So just to go through these things, if you're listening from somewhere in the world where you're not right across this, or maybe even you're a City fan at home who doesn't know about it, uh, just a few other things to tell you. The club has been referred to an independent commission. It's chaired by Murray Rolls and KC, who you might be interested to know is a member at Arsenal. Uh, it'll be confidential and it'll be heard in private. Uh, City have issued a statement. It says the club welcomes a review. This is part of it anyway. The club welcomes a review of this matter by an independent commission to impartially consider the comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence that exists in support of its position. As such, we look forward to this matter being put to rest once and for all. Now, anybody that's ever seen the way Caldoun, the chairman, operates and speaks, he speaks with authority, he speaks with conviction, he speaks with confidence. He did that when the UEFA charge was made and he was proven to be right. And Cass, the court for sporting arbitration, overturned the initial sanctions. And I don't think that Caldoun ever doubted that that would happen. This statement, and although I've only ever met Caldoun briefly once, but knowing a little bit about the man and the way he carries himself, I would actually be very confident that City would win this as well. But we don't know. Now, a couple of other things I'll, I'll say to you before I bring in some guests and, and get their thoughts on it all, is that Simon Mullock, who is a City fan, uh, but he's a very esteemed writer uh, for The Mirror, said today that he's spoken to a senior person at City who says, the Premier League spent four years investigating and in the end, there are mistakes that even a child wouldn't make in the report that they've issued. And it felt like they'd rushed this out to divert attention from the postponed white paper that's due out on Wednesday. Now, this is a British government white paper, which is all about when Super League happened and there was a possibility of clubs deserting the Premier League and other competitions to go and, do the, go and join the Super League. And there was a call for there to be a sort of an authority, if you like, to make sure that football, the football authorities kept their uh, house in order and it's thought by a lot of people that the reason for the timing of this Premier League report being in the week that this white paper is due to come out is to prove that they don't need any policing and that they can keep their own football house in order and that maybe that's why that's been rushed through today. So uh, those are the outline of the facts really. Um, you might remember it was July the 13th uh, when the Court of Arbitration for Sport dismissed the charges against City uh, back in 2020. Now, I've got two guests with me today at the moment. Um, we might get joined by a third one later on. But uh, the first guest was a man who was born in Barrington, Illinois. Uh, he's an American football player, an offensive tackle. Green Bay Packers, Los Angeles Chargers, a Super Bowl champion of Polish descent. None of this may be relevant to the conversation we're going to have, but I'm just telling you, in case you don't know who he is. But most important of all these facts is that he's a City fan. That man is Brian Balaga. So, Brian, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to be on. I've, I've watched uh, this show multiple times, so I'm finally uh, glad that we've been able to work it out and get on the same page to, to do one together. Great. If, 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 you, if you're that confident you like it and you're good we'll get you on again then <laughs> absolutely yeah. we had um, an astronaut on uh, my, I've become uh, pally with uh, Doug Hurley one of uh, the astronauts who went up 
who's a big City fan, and he's brilliant when I get him on. So um, perhaps I'll get the two of you on together sometime. Um, I also, hopefully, will be joined by uh, Mark Lillis, uh, but he's having a few technical difficulties at the moment. So if we get him, former City striker, of course, Manchester-born, um, proper blue as well, uh, then we'll get his comments too. But Adam, who's part of the Forever Blue uh, podcast team, I'm afraid I haven't got your biography in front of me, Adam, but uh, former City Matters representative and a blue and also an NFL fan. So um, you, you know all about Brian, don't you? So we can have a bit of loving later on. <laughs> So you've heard my introduction. Um, let, let's get the the reaction of you, Brian. I mean, I know. Well, actually, what I should do is is just just for the purpose of anybody listening to this, because they'll all ask the same question: How come you're a City fan? Well, how come you've ended up being a City fan, Brian? So um, super random. Uh, I was back in 2013, ah, 2012, when I uh, first moved down here to Florida. I was rehabbing my knee after I tore an ACL and. Uh, it was a Saturday and rehab was going good. So I was going to go play golf that morning and uh, got down early around 6 a.m. Was making myself some food, turned on the TV, flipping through the channels and a soccer game was on. And, you know, I was looking at the teams and everyone knows the teams in the United States, right? They know Man United. They know Chelsea. They know Arsenal. They know Liverpool. Uh, who was on? I believe it was it was City versus, I think, West Ham. And you know what? I go, I, I look at myself and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to cheer for Man City. I go, everyone knows Man United. I go, I don't want to be the guy that cheers for Man United. I go, I'm going to, because I'm a middle brother. So, or smaller brother at the time, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to root for little brother. And it turns out little brother is big brother. Um, now, just like me and my brother. <laughs> and, and that's kind of where it's, uh, that's where it started for me. One random morning in Florida, about to go play golf, turn the game on, and that's how it started. Never, and, and from that point on, I think I tuned into just about every game I could. Sometimes I had to miss because of NFL games on Sunday. I didn't get to watch them, but any game I could tune into, I did. And you're at the age of uh, 33 now, if I'm not mistaken, and you're, you're in between clubs, as it were. Is your career on hold? Are you looking for something new, or, or is it are you finished now? Well, Right now, it, it, I'm more towards uh, being finished. This was my first year uh, not playing. I, I had some injuries that I was still de dealing with uh, that there would have been no way I could have got back to a team and been productive or played. I, I mean, it just wouldn't have worked out. So I've been rehabbing uh, this whole this whole year, essentially. And uh, things are feeling better, but, you know, time away from the game is time away from the game. And once you, once you step away for a little bit uh, and you're out for that long, it's hard to get back in and be the guy you were. So um, haven't made an official decision yet, but leaning more towards this being, you know, that was, or two years ago would be my last year. Yeah. So now you've got a little bit more time. Um, I mean, do you, do you watch City intensively? Uh, do you follow what's happening out in the States? Or uh, yeah. is it just something you dip into now and again? Nope, every game. Every game uh, I watch, um, you know, have have all the streaming services, ESPN Plus to get the FA and, and uh, League Cup games, have Paramount Plus to get the... Champions League games have Peacock when they're not on NBC, so I can watch. You know, <laughs> I can watch them on there. So, uh, I, I, every game that that I could possibly watch, I watch it. And if I can't, 
I'll go back and watch the replay of it before I check any of the stats of the game uh, just so I can watch it live. I mean, normally these days, you know, because like I mentioned earlier before we got on, my son plays soccer, so we travel for that. Um, if they're playing, my wife has to drive so I can watch the game. And then I have to hold the iPad in between my son and I so he can watch because he loves he loves Man City. It's his, it's his squad. And when we were in Green Bay for their uh, – they're friendly against Bayern Munich. My son was, you know, in in heaven. Got to meet Holland and De Bruyne and Pep and all these guys, and he was just loving it. So uh, between he and I, we don't miss we don't miss a game. <laughs> so given the intensity of your support, and, and I can hear the passion in your voice, um, and you you hear what's happened this morning as we're recording this. Does it affect the way you view City? And what, and what do you make of, of these charges? I know it's, it's impossible to comment specifically, but what do you make yeah. on the surface? I mean, uh, right off the get, it, I, I don't think it impacts me at all. It doesn't impact me at all because of what you mentioned earlier. Uh, as my first time going through it with seeing what happened with UEFA a few years back and reading everything that was going on, what the accusations were, what the charges were. Um, and then, like you said, pretty much was dismissed. I think the fine ended up being for not complying completely with UEFA. I think that was the fine. There was no wrongdoing. I think it was they weren't completely compliant with the investigation. Okay. Which ironically, right. is one of the charges now, isn't it, of the new yes, one? Yes, exactly. That's one of the charges right now. And, <laughs> of course. So – it doesn't impact my support on them. I, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think the club is confident. I think the statement they made, they're very confident. I think as a fan base, we should be confident. Uh, we have no reason to believe otherwise why, or why we shouldn't be confident. Um, I, I think the club has done good business. I think it's run properly. And with that being said, everyone's going to say we're guilty before anything even comes out. So as Man City fans, we just have to accept that. That's the way we're going to get treated. Uh, I mean, I don't know how many people tweeted at me today, like, thanks for giving us Foden for $30 million next year. We appreciate it because you're going to be out of the league and things like that. I'm just sitting like, this is like incredible to me. I'm like, this is literally incredible that we're, as City fans, we're guilty just because you want us to be, not because we are. Um, so to me, it makes me support the club even more. It makes me support the club even more. Um, cheer them on even harder, even though I'm in the States, I'm not at the stadium and, and just support the team, the club, the players even more because that, that's what it needs right now. That's great to hear. I mean, I hope that's the sort of overall reaction that fans all around the world and, you know, even, you know, the Mancunian fans nearby as well, that, that they see that this is an opportunity to sort of be, to rally around the club even more, uh, with it being yeah, under yeah. siege. Adam, uh, you know, obviously you're a, you know, former City Matters committee. You, you, you've you been in contact with the club. Um, I don't mean on this particular subject, but you, you've seen how they operate and you're a lifelong fan. I know how passionate you are. Um, how, what's your reaction? Is it as positive as Brian's? And, and just just be honest, give us an honest reaction because I've seen lots of negativity today from, from City yeah. fans uh, feeling very down and sort of saying, this feels like, I've, I've had people literally send me messages saying, this feels like the end, this could be the end for us. 
Yeah, I mean, I was I was pretty down this morning when I first heard it, but throughout the day it sort of sunk in a little bit, and um, I, I sort of go along with the, with the point you made before, which is when this first broke about four years ago, I was a City Matters rep at that time, and I asked Omar Barada face to face, the chief what, operating officer, yeah. by the way, yeah. yeah, at the time of the club, yeah, um, and I asked him what should we as reps, what should we say to people who 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 are asking about it, and he looked me straight in the eye. And he said, tell them to have faith. We will not be punished because we have done nothing wrong. It was his categorical answer. Now, who knows whether that's true or not? I'm choosing I'm choose to believe until I've got any reason not to. I'm choosing to believe that what he says is, is correct. Um, it's clear to me that, as you were saying before, that, you know, that every, every team is trying to maximise their own advantage in whatever way they can. And that this is driving force behind this constant attempt to charge us is coming from the other clubs who, who want to try and take us out of the reckoning. Um, so as, as things stand, and you know, who knows how long it's going to take, but as things stand, I'm going to just say, well, we're, we're innocent until proven guilty. You know, Omar Barada is absolutely adamant that we've done nothing wrong. So I'll, I'll go with that until I hear otherwise. If it does turn out that we've done something wrong, then we can have a conversation at that point, I guess, because that, that would be serious in terms of those individuals at the club. But, you know, we know that Pep has said that if he feels he's lied to, he'd leave. But let's just assume that, that what, we, what you've heard, you know, from, from Caldoun and what I've heard from Omar is, is, is the truth and that we haven't done anything wrong. Dr. Gary James, who I respect very, very highly, who is uh, more or less the official historian of the club, but somebody who's very well connected, um, said today, and, and I must say I do 100% agree with him, it's rarely I would ever disagree with him, but he said, you know, if City are found guilty, then whatever punishment is coming, they fully deserve, and even as a fan, even though as a fan you're not supposed to ever find fault with your club, you know, you have to be able to step back sometimes and go, well, you know what, if they've done something wrong, then you take the punishment and you come back. And it's happened to other clubs. You've seen clubs like Juventus and Rangers, Derby County, deducted points or relegated or whatever. And generally speaking, if that does happen, then they, they come back. I mean, I'm still of the opinion that the, the people at City have got running this club know what they're doing and... That statement was very bullish and, and, you know, right in people's faces. There was no holding back from it, really, Brian, was there? And you, you do get a sense from that that they know what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's looking no further than a few years ago. I mean, it, it, I mean, and it's if we're looking at the charges, and I, again, I can't say I'm an expert on what all these little rules are and things, like, I, I don't know what that is, but I would assure, I would take a guess that a lot of these same charges are the same charges that UEFA was trying to bring against them a few years ago. I, it has to be because these investigations mixed very, you know, their timelines were very similar. Obviously UEFA brought theirs earlier, it got dismissed and now the premier leagues a few years later. Um, so the charges are probably pretty similar. So I'm not sure what, was found by the Premier League that here we are now uh, a few years later and, you know, they got dismissed there, but we're going to bring these to a head and, and now we're going to try to prove our point. Uh, it, it confuses me. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I thought you mentioned uh, that there was going to be a uh, Arsenal club member as one of the... Um, he's the leader of the commission. He's the uh, he's a QC. Yeah. 
That's not yeah, really that's a yeah, that's that's interesting to me. I'm I'm not sure how you could put uh, people with affiliations like that on a uh, supposed to be a a very neutral committee to hear these things. I'm not sure how that makes any sense to me, but uh, it is what it is. But I feel like the club feels good about where they're at, what they've done. Um, and again, as as a fan, I look at this and I feel like, and I can't, you know, there's been obviously yourself and a lot of other people have been a city fan uh, much longer than I have. Uh, it's it. I look at this as, as us against the world mentality. That's what it is because everybody doesn't want us. Nobody wants this outcome to be good for us. They want it to be negative for us. Um, so as city fans, it's us versus everybody. And, and I think that's the way you got to look at it. Um, as Adam said, listen, if, if it is found that we did break rules, punishment, we get it. It's coming. And, and what that'll be, I don't know, but we have to accept that. Um, but I'm still in the camp that I think this is going to go just like it did with UEFA and that'll be settled. How long it'll take? No idea. But that's just my opinion. One other thing that um, I, I didn't mention before, um, and, and I certainly don't want to be sounding as if I'm egging this on or anything like that, but the Mail, which is for you, Brian, is a leading newspaper in this country. I use the word leading in inverted commas. Uh, claims that pets are. <laughs> Say that again, Adam. On newspaper in inverted commas. Well, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't dis <laughs> dispute that at all. But the Mail has claimed that Pep is odds-on to leave City before the end of next at the end of this season, uh, citing that is in his in the, sorry citing his statement that at the time of UEFA FFP uh, that the charges that he would leave if he was lied to by the club and brings that in and and obviously we're going to talk about the Spurs game and we're going to talk about you know where City are at at the moment and you do wonder. And again, I've seen loads of people saying, you know, is Pep coming towards the end of his time? And, you, you know, you're a high profile athlete, Brian. You know what the pressures are like on the other side of this. How, how does all this speculation and all this unrest, you know, how does that affect the players? Does it affect the players? Do you, do you, I mean, if I, if I asked a current player now, I know that they would say, no, no, I lock it out. Does not bother me? They can't say what they really think, but you're far enough removed to be, I don't know if it's probably never happened at a club you've been at, but if yeah, something like this yeah. is going on in the background, does it affect you? I, I, I think as a player, uh, and again, I, I can't say that this has ever happened at a team that I was on, but I, I think they look at it probably in a couple different ways. I think at the end of the day, they got to get on and go play. I mean, no matter what gets said or what gets talked about, it, it, it's out of their hands from that perspective. Um, I think when it will come into their mind, right, say this investigation, <clears throat> say it's quick, say it's not quick, um, but say it is quick and sanctions get handed down and punishment does get handed down, that will be when those players' minds start to drift a little bit um, and think, all right, well, did we just get docked 15 points or 20 points? And now here we're at in the table and this, and that. you know, I, I think that's when it could impact them. I think right now, I mean, it's business as usual. Got to go play, got to win. The expectations haven't changed. The manager hasn't changed. Um, and we're still in the same position in the table and in champions league and in the FA cup as we were before this story came out or these charges came out. So to me, I, I, 
as a player, if I were playing, it's it's business as usual. We got to go play and we got to win. And and personally, and and this isn't against the media by any stretch, but as a player, like you know what, we need to go. Let's go win everything that we can right now to shut everyone up. That's that's the way I would look at it. If we win everything, people can just talk, talk, talk. But if we're out here doing what we need to do and win, that's that, that's all they they can't say anything else. Absolutely. Now I'm think I'm fingers crossed here, but I think we might have Mark. Um, can you hear us, Mark Lillis? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Hey, there was just that little agonising delay there. You thought, <laughs> yeah, he, maybe he's not there after all. Mark, thanks I'm very much for joining us. Come on, my phone, cheesy. No problem. You're with us. That's the main thing. Yeah, I don't know how much you've heard of of what we've been talking about, but you certainly are aware of you know what's been happening today. You're a lifelong City fan. It's Manchester City is in your history. Your dad and your you know your whole family of Blues. Um, is it hurting you at the moment? All of the sort of accusations that are being thrown at our our wonderful club. No, not really. It's easy to be truthful today. When I was there, we, Sky, Sky was on. And I walked past it and listened to it for about ten seconds. I thought, "What a load of what's the name that is?" And I just, uh, no, it's not affecting me really. You know, it's just, just you just get on with it. You just get on with life. Are you worried about the future for City? Not really. No, I think it, it um, depends when you say worried. If it's worried that you know the, the club's going to go under, they're going to take all our money and all that. No, I'm not sure, but. No, no, I think um, I think we'll be focused like it was last time. I mean, I've just asked Brian, um, who's with us tonight, who's former NFL player and you know one of the, one of the great athletes of, of the United States. You know how, how it affects players. Um, you know, you you've been at City at every time was trouble, I suppose, at that era when you were around. You, you know what it's like sometimes. How, how do players cope, Mark? You have to obviously cope within the cells, you know, that's so important. And, and, and you know, our city players, we play as a team, you know, we don't play necessarily as individuals, we play as a team. And I think it's a matter that stick together. And it's so important that in life, in any type of life, or in football as well, you, you must stick together when you're on that football field. And when things are going off uh, outside the football pitch, you try and put them out of the way. And Think about that. Focus on your training. Focus on your games. Focus on getting results. Focus on the league. Focus on the European Cup. And that's what I'll take in the you know, the, of that. You know and a lot of, the majority of them. I don't think I'll be bothered to be truthful. I think I'll just get on with being a footballer for Manchester City and loving it. Obviously, the sound that we're getting from Mark is, is going in and out a little bit. We'll stick with it because we want to hear what Mark's got to say. But, um, you know, apologies if, if you're listening to this podcast and thinking, well, it's going in and out a bit, that. But we'll try and stick with it. And um, obviously, what we need to bring in now is the football as well. <laughs> That's what we normally talk about. Um, and yesterday, City lost 1-0 at Tottenham. And after the game, as, as I do with my YouTube channel, I interviewed people after the game and almost to a, a person that I spoke to, the reaction was something's not right at the club, something's going on at the club. You know, this was a sort of feedback that I was I was getting. Now, given the timing of what's come out, surely this isn't what was going on behind the club. But we have heard all sorts of sort of rumours, um, which I'm not going to sit here and just be a gossip. So even though I've heard plenty of rumours, believe me, um, what I will say is that the evidence um, is, is 
is out there to suggest that something might not be right. For start off, Jao Cancelo went just before the transfer window, all of a sudden. Um, although Pep Guardiola was very gracious in his uh, press conference immediately after that, praising Cancelo, who might come back after his spell at Bayern Munich on loan, um, he didn't address really the, you know, has there been a bust up, which is what everybody's suggesting. Um, are, are other players involved? I mean, I, from the outside, can look at it and think, and this isn't meant to be a conspiracy theory, it's just, just an observation, that suddenly Ruben Diaz, who's supposedly fit again now, um, doesn't, doesn't get on the pitch and he's Portuguese. Bernardo Silva hasn't been getting as much game time as I would expect him to. He's Portuguese. So is there a connection between Cancelo, uh, Bernardo and Ruben Diaz being all Portuguese? Is that, is that some sort of an issue? Um, Foden mysteriously has disappeared from the team for it was a foot injury. Now it's illness. Is, is there something going on there? Why was Kevin De Bruyne and Ilkay Gundogan left out of the game at Spurs when, certainly for me, Kevin De Bruyne starts every single game that he is fit? Uh, probably I'm in the camp that Ilkay Gundogan's probably also an automatic starter, particularly in big games like that. And as much as everybody wants Rico Lewis to be you know, the new Philip Lahm, which is what Pep Guardiola suggested he might be, to suddenly be playing out of position as a relatively inexperienced young kid in such an important and big game like that just struck me as being odd. And so it does feel as if, and I say I'm reluctant to, to go with conspiracy theories, but something is wrong and I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, Adam, let's come to you first on this because you're a fan and like me, and you will be interacting with lots of other City fans and talking to other City fans. Do you subscribe to this sort of there's something not quite right behind the scenes? Body language yeah, of Erling Haaland looks very frustrated at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's becoming clear to everyone, I think, that there is an issue. The first sort of half of the season, I've been very, very confident. We've seen glimpses of good football, but we've not really hit our straps in terms of consistency and playing at our best. But as, as I always said, that's, that's what that's standard under Pep. We're always a little bit lukewarm at the start of the season. We get to about the midpoint and that's when we start to purr and that's when we go on and win these trophies. Now, I know we're a bit later on in the, in the calendar because of the World Cup, but we're, you know, we're, we've just passed halfway and we're still seeing no signs yet of, of things settling down. Um, in terms of Cancelo leaving, I'm not bothered about that because he wasn't getting in the team anyway. And another thing that's typical of Pep is that he does tend to rotate in the start of the season a bit more. And then as we get closer and closer to the big time, um, he tends to refine down his first choice 11 each season, I think. And it was looking as though Cancelo wasn't really going to feature as part of that anyway. So I'm, I'm quite OK with that. As for the idea of him coming back, I, I can't see that in a million years. I mean, he's, he's basically left the club in the middle of a title challenge. So... I, I just can't see any. I can't see any way back for him. Uh, having said that, having said that, Adam, not disagreeing with you, but Tevez went halfway through his season back to Argentina to play golf. He still came yeah. back and <laughs> featured yeah. for City again, didn't Against he? Against the manager's wishes, though, that was. Um, and this time, we seem to have a manager who will get his way rather than a manager who was overridden by the club. So, even though that's true, what you say, that I can't see it any way that Pep would want him back. We know Pep doesn't give second chances to people once it once it's gone sour. 
Um, I just don't see that at all. And then, and as for Lewis playing at left back, I did think that was strange or on the left. I did think that was a strange choice. I thought Ake's done pretty well there all season. We had, you know, was, we had a little and Diaz on the bench, I think. Um, so there's, that's mystifying in itself. De Bruyne, mystifying. What's up with Foden? Also mystifying. Um, so I don't think anybody would disagree, really, that there is a problem there. Um, as I said before, though, we do go on these runs at some point. And as somebody else said the other day, a big run of 10 games in a row or 10 wins in a row or whatever it might be, by definition, will only start after a game that we didn't win. So it could start next time out and we could all be looking back at this conversation in two months and, we, and we're sitting pretty at the top of the league. But I don't see any sign of that at the moment. And I'm just starting to think that maybe this is going to be a season where we miss out and that maybe Arsenal will win the title. But I'm not certainly not giving it up yet. Brian, you've been in the dressing rooms and, and there must be times when people are talking about it and saying, you know, as, as the coach lost the dressing room and all that sort of thing, what's it like when you're in there and you hear all that speculation? And what, what do you think now as a fan looking on the outside and hearing what you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not relating my experience. Uh, my last two years in Green Bay, obviously Coach McCarthy got fired midway through the season had an intern coach and then LaFleur got hired the next year. I'm not relating that to what's going on right now. Um, but when there is that feeling of the plate, like, you know, something's not right in the building, you know, the team's not playing well enough. We have good players and we can't win games. I mean, there, there, there's, and it's not like you're, you know, losing to particularly good teams. You're losing to teams that like when coach McCarthy got fired, we lost to an Arizona Cardinals team that, hadn't won a game yet. So there was something going on in the locker room. And, and, and I think guys were, um, obviously it starts with the players. We weren't playing well enough, but I think the players just, the messaging wasn't there anymore with the head coach and the players. Um, I don't particularly think that's the case right now at Man City. Uh, I, I really don't, because uh, Pep's always said it, um, Every time when he before he signs a new contract, he goes, if I feel like I can't get across to the players anymore, I'll walk away and I, I won't renew. And he obviously still feels that. Um, uh, but at the same time, a few weeks ago, he he said what he said after that Spurs comeback um, and it put a lot probably put a lot of guys on notice. And I thought he did the good thing and he never called out an individual person or an individual group of player, you know, a certain few. Um, he put everyone on notice. And I think as a player, personally, for me, I respect that way more when it's the entire group and not he's not singling out individuals. What we saw, what we saw in January with Kinsella leaving, maybe that shows you who he was kind of referring to. Maybe there's other guys. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, I, I don't think that Pep, by any stretch has lost that locker room. I I, I just don't, I, I don't see that being the case. Um, I, I see it more. And again, I'm not, I can't claim to be anything more than what I am. It's just a, a, a diehard fan and uh, played a different type of football. But um, from what it looks like to me, from seeing them over the years, playing the false nine and doing these things, I think they're just having a difficult time really getting in sync around Holland and how to, how to really get him featured and involved, but then not 
just only relying on him all the time. And I think that's, that's kind of where some issues are happening is trying to get that balance figured out of when to feed him and to feature him, but you can't rely on him to be the only guy that could put it in the back of the net. Um, and, 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 and I think that's going to take some time. I mean, we saw he's at how many goals right now, 25 goals in the league or whatever he is. Yeah. He's scoring a lot of goals. Um, but when, when it's one, nothing against Spurs and you know, he's getting doubled and, and, no one's going to let him out of their sight in the box. Other guys need to be able to put the ball in the net. And there's plenty of the guys on the team that could do that. But I think everyone's looking right now to Holland to get that done. Um, and it and you just can't have it that way. It needs to be a collective. There's 11 guys on the field. Um, it can't just be one that scores the goals. They all have to be able to do it. And I think that's kind of where we're seeing this issue with the team. Um, because... It, it it certainly isn't what we would call pep ball. You know what I mean? What we're used to the last four or five years, that smooth um, play style and moving the ball around and it's fast and, and it, it, it just looks effortless. Right now it looks like it's a grind a little bit. And I think that's, um, I think that's because they're trying to figure out how to play with Holland and utilize him, but also get other guys to play the way they normally do as well. It's also interesting. I will bring Mark in. Hopefully, uh, the microphone works when I come back to him in a second. But you've, you brought up Harlan there, and I, and I saw somebody again saying today that um, one of the suggestions. I suppose we're going to enter into the area of gossip again here, and I'm I'm always reluctant to do that, but I'm going to mention it as, as because it's a potential topic. Is that Harlan's been brought in as the focal point of the attack? and that you might even describe him as the golden boy at the moment, because uh, he seems to be able to do no wrong in terms of goal scoring. And has that upset the balance in the team? Because the team last season and in previous seasons was all about the team. So even though you might have identified Kevin De Bruyne as the star and, you know, as this wonderful player because of his modesty and the whole way, the, and Bernardo Silva's a little bit like that as well, that because both of those players are, you know, very unassuming and, and, and very sort of normal, I'm not saying that Haaland's going around swagging or anything, but that the yeah. whole focus seems to have gone on to Haaland and that may have some somehow upset the balance within the squad. And again, I don't know if you had any personal experience of somebody coming into a squad that you've been in, you know, and suddenly upsetting the balance. Could that in any way be a factor? Um, you know, there's been times in uh, in Green Bay that free agents get brought in, big name guys. Um, Julius Peppers was one, uh, brought in, played with the Bears the, the year prior, brought in Julius, obviously phenomenal player, uh, going to be a Hall of Famer, first ballot. Um, but... I, and, and it was all about Pep. Pep was probably the best defensive player at the time that we, we had on the team. I mean, he was a veteran, obviously older than what Holland would be, you know, Holland is right now. But I, I think guys just have to adjust their play style to people that are brought in. And and, and I think that's the part of the team that um, needs to get, you know, get lubed up a little bit we'll just say that well that, those those gears aren't going clear right now uh Whilst i agree with you on that the question is more central to to whether there's a an ego issue oh i don't i 
again, I'm not in the heads of these guys. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I can't say, you know, I, I remember De Bruyne saying all preseason that I don't care if Holland gets all the attention. I mean, he, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I mean, look at him. He, he's going to score a ton of goals. He's a freak show. He's a great striker and he scores goals. I mean, those guys get attention. Um, I, I, it's hard to get in the minds of these guys. Obviously, it's not the same style that they played last year. Every, anyone can see it. It's on the field. There's no doubt about it. Um, and maybe guys think, hey, I wish we could do a little bit more. We did last year, but that's not the way it goes. There's different guys in the team now, and and you have to be able to suit, you know, the main – Like, and you said it, right? He's the main – he's the tip of the spear. He is who he is, right? Like, you, you don't bring him in to play a false nine. He's not going to play a false nine. And it's, it doesn't suit his skill set. You bring him in to score 30 goals a year. And he's on that pace, obviously. But now it's about the team figuring out where they fit around a guy like that. So only – not only to help him out, but to help themselves out within the team because uh, he can create and he can do these things on his own and bicycle kick the ball out of the air and do all these great things. But the uh, other guys can get into space to help him out and help themselves out. And right now it just, just doesn't look like they guys know where to fit right now. And, and again, very simple football minded here. I mean, I, I just for me watching it, but that's just what it kind of appears like to me. Adam. Yeah, I've also had a thought, and it's just purely my own thought. I can't, I can't really evidence it. But it seems to me that Peppers deliberately tried to change the style of play, as well as incorporating the striker, Haaland. He's actually trying to, he slowed us right down. Um, and he seems to me that he's trying to choke games out. And he, he seems to be happier to win a game 1-0. Um, if you think back to when we won at Old Trafford last season, when we won 2-0, and we were 2-0 up at half-time, and we all thought we were going to go on and win that 5-0. And we, we hardly had a shot in the second half. And that seemed a deliberate ploy by Pep to, to just take the lead and choke the game out. And I can't help thinking he's admitted recently for the first time that he, his focus is more on the Champions League than he's ever admitted before. And, it, and the way we went out in the last five minutes to Madrid, at the end of the, you know, the, end of the semi-final, I just feel like if, he's not, if this isn't all just some kind of work in progress that Pep is putting together thinking we're going to get to the later stages of, of the Champions League and that he wants to to minimise what he sees as the risk of us, you know, in a 5-4 game or whatever. He'd rather win 1-0 than 5-4. Mark, I know you've been listening and uh, I, I don't know, fingers crossed that the microphone's consistent here, but what, what, what do you think about all the things that we've been discussing? You can pick up on any point of it you like, really, either um, Haaland or the general uh, consensus that there's something wrong and and obviously I know Brian's suggesting that maybe the fact that the club's under siege at the moment might be the perfect perfect rallying moment for all these players and the club to come together what, what what's your feeling about it all Mark no I think I think he perhaps lost <clears throat> lost the dressing room he, he won't be he won't be our manager he won't be our manager he, he, he'd walk he's not going to walk because he's not lost the dressing room for me and when Harlan comes in I've done it myself when I've, when I've been a player when you go to another club. You you know, you're make, I'm making runs as a centre-forward and the ball's not coming through. But because you've not played with them players, you know, or trained every day with them, or say, it does take time. Even in the Premier League, it does take time for the players to get to know. And when Haaland looks like he's getting pissed, well, you know, off a little bit, he um, that's because, you know... 
the runs he's making, the ball's not flowing. So it's good. you do get frustrated. But when, when everyone gets together on that training ground, because Pep's different class on the training ground, that will all start coming back. And it's got to come back pretty quick. But um, I think Ireland is 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 still a great sign. But it's not just all about Ireland. You know, it's not just about him. It's about the team now. And I think the team have got to look at themselves, you know, and um, really have a good think of what, what what's going on. And stick stick together like we've always done over the over the last few years. And even when I watched them or, or I played, um, it was we stick together. You know that, that that's what we're about. That's what City's about. Um, never we never give in. Um, and it's important that and to get carried away a little bit with his losing the dressing room, rearing. It's all it's, it, it's football's like that. Especially the higher you get, it's like that. Like oh, he's lost the dressing room or he's fell out with him. He's been on a bus That happens in life. That happens in football clubs all up and down the country from League Two to the Premiership. You know, you do lose a dressing room, or you do, and then you lose your job. But you know, it is he's not lost uh, lost the dressing room for me anyway. What What about your overall view about where City are, Mark? I mean, do you still think they're in this title race? I mean, statistically, of course, they're still in the title race. We know that, and the game against Arsenal is just over a week away at the Emirates Stadium, and that that could be a a key moment, but uh, as I say, lots of City fans are feeling a bit doom and gloom at the moment. Um, are City capable of putting a run now together of successive wins and still win this league? Or do you feel, Adam suggested it might be, you know, maybe this is a season that City won't dominate City, quite the way that they have? City are capable now of going on a run and finishing, hopefully, at the top of the league, but time will tell. But we're like that when we see what's happening. You know, I rung my brother at Alf this week, and I was just moving about 10 minutes about the game. And then and then we had a chat about it. He'd come up with some good stuff, my brother just saying, look, you know, some of them don't know which pass to make. And I was saying, that'll come in training, when they're on the training ground. You know, it takes time. You know, you can't just go and get two or three new players and then they can, you know, fit, you know, fix in with, with all the other players. You've got to get to know each other. You know, you've got to get to know what what the strength what the strengths are and what Highland's strength is and what you know when I used to go to clubs, like I said before, I'd get to know what the players are like, you know. When I came to Man City, Neil McNabb, he when we did three cricks, he just said, look, when you when I look up, I'm gonna clip the ball over the top, so go after it. You know, little things like that. But um, no, I think we're uh, Everyone seems to be jumping on the wagon about us at the minute, but um, we'll come through that. We'll, we'll definitely come through that. People come through it, and hopefully at the end of the season, when a lot of people are questioning, like, you know, he's lost the dressing room, he's done this, he's done that. He, he takes risks. He, he has a little... He, I think he takes risks and looks at players, but you've got, you've got to give him credit. Some of the players that he's developed over the years when, he, when he's been with the club, you know, giving game time, not sending them out alone, Keeping them around the first team squad, especially the young ones, especially folding them. Um, I think I think we're, we're we're fine. Tomorrow night, I'm going to go and watch City's youth team play against. I'm there Liverpool. as well. Yeah, FA Youth. Well, hopefully I'll see you there, Mark. And, and I know that in the past, um, you know, when you were at Scunthorpe, you were close up to watching some of City's youngsters coming through there. And when you were number two to Sammy McElroy at Ireland, you'd have been looking at different uh, different young players. How good is Rico Lewis, in your opinion? He's 
Pep, Pep talks about him being the new Philip Lahm, which I can't help thinking that when you start talking a player up to that degree, you're putting unnecessary pressure on them. But he is obviously a very good young player. But I just wonder whether he, at this point in his life and his career, he's ready for this regular step up. I what, what, what are your thoughts on him? I don't know, Rico. I don't really know him that well, but I believe he's a great, he's a great guy. And, and when you're listening to him talking, he's been doing the interviews on making his debut and things like that. You know, he'll embrace that. But I think Pep's, you're right a little bit. He's got to just be careful. He's got to dip in and out. You know, he started his left back the other night. Um, I'm not sure if that suited him, but it's it's a learning process for him. He's learned that. If he wouldn't have got, you know, told to play there, he wouldn't have been learning that role. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him, you know, develop as well. I mean, um, and especially being a good person as well, which he is. I, I, I've seen that. I've not, I've not, I've not seen him yet in in the academy, um, but uh, if I do, I'm going to give him a good shake of the hand and say to him, "Well done, you're doing a great job. Keep believing in yourself. You, you'll be a fantastic player." And uh, hopefully, I can see him in the next week or so. So, where are you, Adam, at the moment in terms of your optimism, your confidence? I mean, City have got almost half a season to go, as Brian mentioned before. You know, through to the uh, the fifth round of the FA Cup, uh, Champions League last 16, Leipzig away is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Premier League is still only five points, the gap. Uh, City against Arsenal at the Emirates next week. Suddenly the whole situation could change. I know that Jesse Marsh lost his job at Leeds today. They play Arsenal, I think, on Wednesday. So you wonder whether... You know, the lack of manager or the new manager bounce that we saw with Everton and their new man coming in might actually be a good thing for City when they when Arsenal play them. Uh, are you at the more, early on when we were chatting, you were, you know, you seemed a little bit more resigned, but now you've heard Brian do his pet talk and, and Mark full of optimism as well. <laughs> where, where, where do you stand in terms of, of what you expect now from the rest of the season? I think well, Brian come up with a great one. We, you know, we, 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 we have to go on a run. We, we're we talking to... about the Premier League. Hang on, now, hang on. We've got two of you talking at once Sorry. here. Uh, hold hold your fire, Mark, and we'll just get Adam first, and then I'll come back to you. So go on, Adam. Yeah, well, like I say, we just have we have to go on one of these charges at some point. But the later we leave it, the less likely it looks like it's going to come. But that doesn't mean it can't start. It can't start on you know against against Villa or against Arsenal. Um, it's just so disappointing though that we, you know. We turned over Arsenal in the cup. Then they they unexpectedly lost to Everton. We had a chance to really put pressure on them by winning yesterday, cutting the gap. And then we would have seen how that would be their first real test of how do they handle a wobble. And we didn't put that pressure on them. But the question is still valid. You know, they've still lost against Everton. They've still got to play us again in, in 10 days' time. We've got to go there and win that now. Um, and if we do that, then I think people will say we're the favourites again. I'm certainly not writing us off. I'm just saying I haven't yet seen this this powerhouse, this consistent powerhouse form that Pep usually delivers around this time of year. But that certainly isn't me saying that I don't think it'll come at all. I just don't know yet. Mark, go on. You were going to come in and give us your views. So let's hear them now. Yeah, optimistic. But, you know, I'm a City fan. You know, it's like being a City fan. You always look on sometimes the dark side of it and be buzzing when we've won the game. But, no, I, I'm still believing in him. You know, I still believe in him. I still believe the dressing room's okay. Yeah, you're going to have a moment when you're a player. You, don't, you know, he's not, you're not getting shows. But I'll tell you what, you know, when they get shows, they've got to go and show that they can do it. 
and um, you know some have some some haven't. But um, no, I'm I'm looking forward to to some of the games now. And we've got we've it's like anything we've got to win games. Now. We've got to start getting three points instead of one point or no points on the board. But uh, I, still, I still think about Pear. I still trust in him. I think he's a fantastic coach. He's a fantastic player, great motivator. And uh, I believe uh, we'll come through that and hopefully start in the next game. Uh, Brian, you've been a fantastic guest tonight. We've got to get you on again, that's for sure, if you're up for it. Um, I am, but yeah. What, what you've definitely been is you've been very positive in the way that you reacted to the uh, accusations that have been thrown at City today and the situation that they find themselves in, i.e. having lost at Spurs. So I wonder where you stand at the moment. Are you are you full of optimism in, in regard to both things, really? Because when yeah. you woke up this morning, I guess, and you, you knew you were coming on the podcast and you look at the story that breaks and you think, oh, wow, what, why has this <laughs> happened? You know what? What, you know what? What? And and but here we are now. We're a few hours later. We've all had time to digest it. So we've had that. We've had the defeat at Spurs, but the emotion of the moment's gone. Where are you right now? Yeah, I, I'm. 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 I'm confident. Um, I'm full of optimism and positivity. I think uh, as the season goes on, I think. I mean, Mark's been saying it, and he's played the game, and he's. Played at a very high level. That these things take time, and uh, it takes time for guys to get in a rhythm with new players and things like that. And and I think that's overshadowed because of how many goals Allen had scored and Alvarez's looked bright. But it takes time for that team to start clicking. And I think we're going to see that as that gets going. Is it going to happen against Villa? No idea. Is it going to happen against Arsenal? I don't know. Um, but but I do think it's going to happen sometime this season. And Adam said it. Yeah, I hope it's not too late that we see that team click and it's and it's beautiful football again. And, you know, unfortunately, there's just not enough games. I hope it's before that. Um, but I think we're going to be in a good position as this season goes on. The FA Cup, I think the league, we're going to be right there with Arsenal. I don't see us falling behind United or back to fourth. I just don't see that happening. And then the Champions League is a whole different competition. They're one-off matches, essentially. There's two of them, I get it, but they're one-off matches and uh, anything can happen. Uh, I mean, Holland can go play this weekend or whenever they play uh, Leisbig and score five goals and that pretty much the end of that, you know, aggregate game, those two games. So it, I, I don't I don't really look at this as a uh, doom and gloom. I'm, I'm positive about it and I think... Uh, I think good things are are coming City's way the rest of the season. I really do. And despite the accusations that have been thrown at City and the potential yeah. damage to the reputation, and and you have a better perspective than anybody because you're stateside, and and obviously City are all about expanding their sort of global footprint through owning football clubs uh, like New York City and and others around the world, and uh, they want to to make a big impact with this and it's essential for that to work, to have um, credibility, respect, you know, all the, all the things that this charge by the Premier League threatens, because I can't help thinking that the Premier League, by, by doing what they've done, have made an absolutely huge statement. They've, they've took quite a risk, really, because if City win this, their yeah. reputation is, is massively damaged. And I've had City fans saying to me today, you know, that if City win this, which is what we're obviously hoping and believing at the moment, that this could actually then 
expedite City uh, leaving the Premier League and going to the Super League or, you know, there could be all sorts of major, you know, things that happen. And if it goes the other way, the unthinkable, what what damage will this do to City? So we're in a, a really big moment. But from the state side, you're still confident that as it stands right now, first of all, you're confident it'll go the right way. But secondly, yeah. that there's no um, reputational damage to the club. No, I mean, I, I, I think accusations are one thing. Um, any, I mean, like we talked before, this happened a few years ago. Accusations were made. And I think the people that don't like Man City, don't like Pep, don't like players on the team, they're going to jump on that bandwagon of you're, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're guilty. Um, but I think people obviously look at, I think, in, in the States, soccer a little bit different. Obviously, you know, we have MLS. Um, is not the same as what you guys have over there in the Premier League and, and get to watch that. But I think the business is viewed differently stateside. Um, I think because people are so are so used to the NFL business, the MLB business, you know, basketball and hundreds of millions of dollars in contracts being given out to players that um, when something like this pops up um, and they're – you know, about sponsorship deals or whatever it may be. I mean, it grabs your attention, but when the facts come to light is the final say in everything, right? It's all about the facts. Like you can accuse someone of that, but what happens at the end of this? And City's 1-0 and right now with these same type of charges. So let's see what happens again. And if they go 2-0, and this thing is like, I mean, now I, I mean, I, I don't know for a fact, but I, I would have guessed that Man City's financial books are probably the most picked through than any club in ever. I think ever, right? And probably from the time that the takeover happened till now, their books have been picked through more than any club in the world. And nothing's happened. We got, you know, one, like I said, one and oh, and here we are again. And I think it's going to end up the same way. And then after that point, what are people going to say? I, I, if, we're, if we want to talk about uh, influence right now, how about the guy, the American in Chelsea, putting almost $700 million in two windows into a team? Okay, so so why don't we start pointing fingers back here at the States because that's what's going on right now. Like, you know, everyone's on Newcastle and City, but no one's got a problem with the American owners spending money. I'll put it that way. I'll just leave it at that. No one's got a problem with those guys doing it, but um, – to me, I think we're going to be okay. Love you. You're part of the city community, Brian, that's for sure. You've certainly got the mentality um, and and I love your passion. Uh, it's been great having you as a guest. Really, really I appreciate it. it. Thanks very much to Adam. And I know Mark Lillis, uh, our former city player, um, has been struggling a little bit. Uh, not his fault, I'm sure, but but struggling a little bit with the technology. Mark, thanks for persisting and uh, and being part of the podcast. We'll get you on again when uh, all the technology is work, working better, uh, and we'll do that. But thanks for your contribution as well. Uh, big no, it's a pleasure, Cheesy. Thank you. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have you, Mark. And and it's great to um, have the support, of course, of Howard Solicitors. Um, uh, check them out, howardsolicitors.com. Uh, really appreciate their support. Check out my YouTube vlog from the game. I mean, I know that when City lose, um, people don't tend to watch it as often. Uh, when City win, then 
uh, tens of thousands of people watch it. When City lose, uh, everybody thinks, oh, I, can't, I don't want to watch it. Have a watch anyway. You know, just look at the people I've met. Look at the people who reacted after the game. You can put it into perspective a little bit. And, of course, I'll be at the Aston Villa game at the weekend doing it all again. Um, and then down to Arsenal for, for the big one or our big one. They're all big ones, aren't they? Um, I, I certainly feel confident um, as we sit here, but hopefully it won't be to me words that City will, you know, come through again and prove all these doubters wrong. And uh, and then, well, they can shut up then, can't they? Uh, thanks very much for, for listening. Thanks very much for supporting the stuff that I do. And thanks to everybody, as I say, Adam, Mark and to Brian. And we'll do the podcast again next week. Villa's on the Sunday. I think we're going to record, a, 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 I think um, Neda Manua has promised to come on next week. Former City player, of course, played in the States for a little while in the MLS. Um, and he will be our special guest next week. Um, so till then, have a good week. Don't let them get to you, right? Whatever people are mithering you on social media, or texting you, fans of other clubs, giving it you, just keep you cool. It'll all be okay. City will still be there. And whatever happens in the future, win, lose or draw, good decision or bad, you ain't going to change me. You ain't going to change these people that you're listening to. Lifelong fan, Mark. Brian, with all that passion of being a blue, even from stateside. And Adam, uh, another lifelong blue. Because even if we were in the third or fourth tier of English football, I'd be there and we'd still be following City. So remember that. Remember this. It's great to be a blue.